0: Welcome to Velocity on this Memorial Day weekend. Um, just want to take a, a, a second here and just uh, say how much we appreciate those who have uh, given all and uh, sacrifice and service to our country, uh, and we appreciate that. This morning we are, as Lisa talked about, we're actually wrapping up our series, No Ordinary Family, and we're talking about kids, and we wanted to save the least controversial topic for the last. You know, For some of you that don't know this, one of the things that parents love to hear are people giving them unsolicited advice about how to raise their children. So just, just if you didn't know that, like go up to a park sometime and if you see a parent doing something you don't agree with, just let them know. And they love, they love to hear that kind of stuff. Uh, they love to hear somebody saying, you're raising your kid like that? You know, it's, it's just something parents really in, enjoy having. I think the reason for that is, listen, let's just have a moment of raw honesty. None of us know what we're doing. I mean, it's we're kind of making it up as we go along. That is parenthood. It's not like whenever you have your child, there's an instruction manual that comes along with that particular model because it doesn't matter how many kids you have. They're all going to be different. <laughs> they're all going to do different things to you, and they all require different answers and different subsets of attention and different solutions for whatever things are going on there. Raising kids can be tough. And so we're going to be talking about what it looks like to do that in a godly manner. Because here's the thing, in the midst of all the difficulties that there can come along with child rearing and some of the the pain and the difficult memories that we might have in the past or or that are being made currently uh, or that maybe you're anticipating whether you're having kids or not, there's an opportunity with the responsibility of child rearing that God offers us when our parenting is guided by his principles and his commands from the Bible and that opportunity is built upon a shared and common goal that all Christians whether you have kids or ever going to have kids in your life or not that all Christians can share and that is that we want all of our children to love the Lord their God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. We're all pers- we're all invited to pursue that same goal together as a church family and so we're going to talk about what that looks like what it looks like to raise our children in a non-ordinary fashion so here's the thing that I want to I want to set the stage a little bit because we're going to do things a little bit differently this morning as you can see I have a table and chairs up here and those are going to be filled here in a second but here's the thing that we should all be able to agree on no matter what where we are as Christ followers when it comes to raising kids and that is the singular goal that we have for our children and that's this I want my child to be the best disciple of Jesus he or she can be. that That's the one thing that all of us should be able to agree on as Christ followers. That's, that's what we want to have happen as a result of raising our kids. There might not be an instruction manual that comes along with our kids, and it's not like everyone's personal experience is perfectly transferable to another person. So you could say, oh, I've had five kids, and I know how to do that, but it's completely different for somebody else's kids. However... All of us are made in God's image, and all of us are being called by God to be His child. And all of us, as Christians, have that same foundational goal as the family of God. Remember the foundational principle that we've been basing this series on from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4-9. through 9. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts and press them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. And it's verse 7 in that phrase, impress them on their children. It's going to uh, be really what we focus on this morning. Here's why that's important. Okay, you, you guys ready for this? I'm going to drop the mic here in a second. The reason why this is significant is many times we get caught up not in impressing the commandments of God on our children, but trying to impress our children. That was the moment. That was it. That's one of our most significant issues when it comes to child rearing in our culture that we live in today. So a few things that set the tone for us as Christian parents. Your child doesn't need need you to be their best friend. They need you to be their best parent right your children should not be the ones that are in the driver's seat of your family that's the ordinary way of doing things that's the current cultural vibe when it comes to family to be driven by the whims of the child rather than being guided by spiritual maturity here's the second thing your child doesn't need you to prove your authority over their life they need you to model God's authority over yours This is, this is not like, oh, that means my kids kind of need to figure it out on their own as they go because at, at some point I want them to choose God. No, it, it means that the authority that you have allowed God to place on your life by extension helps to guide your children the decisions that you make as a parent or as an aunt and uncle or as a grandparent or whoever or a friend of the family, whatever that looks like. God doesn't want to relate to us solely based on his holiness and authority. He wants us to dr- be drawn together with him in love, and that should be modeled in how we parent and interact with kids. And here's, here's the last thing I want to say before we, we get into the, to the meat of this, uh, and, and that's this. Your child doesn't need you to have an impressive earthly status. They need you to have a heavenly status. So it doesn't matter, like, whatever you want for them to happen, maybe that you're trying to live vicariously through them, maybe it's a job or maybe it's an extracurricular activity or you want your kid to be a professional baseball player or a golfer, maybe. Uh, whatever that, that is, like, none of those things matter when it comes to the scope of eternity. What matters is where your treasure is, there your heart will be also, and also the heart of the kids around you. That's not just for parents, that's for all of us as a church body. So, uh, let's get into the good stuff, and uh, to do that, I've got a couple of guests who are going to be helping me out this morning, and they so happen to be my mother and my father. And so, I would like for you to welcome them as they come up. So, I have, I have ripped them out of their comfort zone, uh, just, just so you know, um, so which is completely intentional on my part to do that to them. And so I want to uh, welcome Mike and Diana Yancey up here with us. Uh, one of the things that I was thinking of as, as we talk about this is that there's a principle in Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. that says, Train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he's old, he won't depart from it. So That might not have worked out for me, uh, but my sister is here, and they did a great job with her. <laughs> Um, And so we're gonna talk about that experience and what that looks like and how it impacts uh, how as Christ followers we raise kids in our lives and so uh, the first question I think it might be the most important one that I want to ask you guys is just what in the world were you thinking?
1: (laughs) Well, you know some things are planned and some things aren't. But one of the things that helped us uh, a whole lot was early on in our marriage we moved away from the place we were raised and then we sort of had to figure out this uh, faith thing. You know, are, we gonna, are we gonna pursue this ourselves? Or you know, we've been raised in godly homes. And so we had to decide that we were gonna be Christ followers ourselves uh, as, uh, as a couple. So, uh, so that, that helped us a lot in, in getting that uh, going. But I'll tell you, one of the uh, things that's been most important, I think, is that uh, your family you know, m- might not be the perfect picture or the ideal a scenario for your kids, uh, for the guardianship or raising of kids, but consistency in decisions and agreement among caregivers are critical. It's just critical. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't happen automatically. Uh, you might not be able to make a decision right in front of the kids. You may have to get, a, get away and, and talk about it amongst yourselves and figure out uh, which page are you both going to be on. And that way it also helps so your kids can't play, off, play you off each other. Uh, nearly as well when you're on the same page. Not that I ever
0: did any any anything like that as a kid. You know, go ask mom and then go say, "Well, dad said," you know, that kind of, that kind of thing. And and really, that ties a lot back into what we talked about last week. You guys weren't here, but we talked about marriage and how this idea of mutual submission and respect, uh, and part of how we raise our kids and the influence that we uh, place on them, is, is how as a as a couple we're interacting with each other, how we respect our spouse. Um, and, and how, we, how we treat each other teaches them maybe more than anything we might say or do.
2: Well, I, I want to start off by saying that we're not perfect. <laughs> so just because we're up here this morning, we're not experts um, or anything know, like that. They
0: know because they know me. No, <laughs>
2: <laughs> we didn't have an, an, an instruction manual either. The only thing that we did have was a commitment to each other and to the Lord. And.
0: This was not planned. This is not in the notes, I, I promise you. I promise you. I was a tough kid. I was just kind of like, <laughs> you weren't supposed to look at her. Yeah.
2: Training for success is, is hard work, no matter what you're training for. And training children in the, Lord, in the ways of the Lord is no different. Um, but it has to start with you and your mindset. Colossians 3.2 says, set your minds on things above not on earthly things and in this world in this day of time and especially this day and time you know kind of seems to get worse as we go along Is it really is true um, that takes work it takes hard work and it takes consistency and commitment set your minds on things above
0: Well, it sounds like you're suggesting that we kind of raise our kids to be Jesus freaks I mean
2: <laughs> yeah yeah pretty much um, <laughs> And the world will mock that. So just go ahead and get your mind set on that as well. But there's no greater joy, none, than having your children choosing on their own to walk in the Lord.
1: Just to continue on with that impress idea, the, uh, it's not just impressing on Sunday mornings. Uh, it's impressing in every avenue of life. There, there can't be a... Uh, a place where god isn't in your life so you know if you sit here and enjoy the sweet fellowship and then go out and you someone cuts you off and you curse someone out in your car you, your kids are going to remember that too you know, so it's it's every area of your life it's again it's not perfection it's just striving to make sure god's a part of everything i mean most people as i have said before are not in an ideal situation so we just do the best we have with what we have, and God's gonna honor that.
2: And this can happen in any area of life. Um, For example, all those years, all those Saturdays uh, on the soccer field, you know, it never mattered to me whether you guys won those games or not. Um, I did struggle a bit with uh, the three-year-old beating me at memory game, I have to admit.
0: I've always been competitive. Yeah.
2: Um, it doesn't matter to me who wins us baseball games. What, what really mattered then and matters most to me now is, is how you conduct yourself before the game, during the game, and after those games.
1: Just here recently, one of our grandkids uh, received a Fruit of the Spirit Award at their school and also an A Honor Roll um, uh, designation. And, and I gotta tell you, we were more impressed with the Fruit of the Spirit Award we like the A's, I mean, don't misunderstand me, but it's just the longer-term benefit of the Fruit of the Spirit Award is, uh, speaks volumes. And again, it's about eternity, not just here and now. All
0: right, so uh, you know, part, of, uh, part of this, a lot of what we're talking about is kind of the, from the perspective of, here, what's the ideal situation? And look, I, I get it, none of us are perfect and we've already identified that. None of us all always have the ideal situation. So one of the things uh, that I'm gonna ask you specifically, because I know this only refers to you, is, is what, what do you do when you're wrong? And that's not like a mom's always right thing as we were growing up. Like, I, honestly, I can't think of a moment in which I can think back where I'm like, man, mom mom really messed up there. Now you, I can.
1: <laughs> Moving right along. No, I, actually, uh, no names here, but there was a time when he was on one of our shoulders and we walk through a doorway, and which explains a lot. <laughs> we felt bad. Uh, there was a time that uh, <coughs> little fellows crawling across the kitchen floor, and I don't know, depending on your age, if you remember those old little rubber britches on top of the cloth diapers, and how they start scooting down. Well, you, you know, you, you pull them back up. <coughs> 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 oops is right so a little skid the face across the floor you know it's uh, uh, feel bad about that too but you know actually (laughs) but but more like too bad (laughs) but more likely the situation is we've done something where we haven't treated our kids right and that that's when uh, we just have to apologize I mean we have to we have to own it Um, those things are while we're just being honest and showing our children what needs to happen we're also um, uh, teaching them that as we do that, that's that's how you treat people. When you're wrong, you, you admit it. Um, you uh, it, it it sort of forces you into a point of humility, without maybe saying it. But again, you're demonstrating and showing it. <coughs> excuse me. When when you <coughs> excuse me, when you make a change in your in your kids' lives, like for example, uh, when our thoughts about Halloween and Christmas and things changed as the kids got older and things some thoughts we had and traditions we had and they changed. Well, you need to explain those things to your kids. Um, You know, not just uh, uh, because I said so, although I did learn, especially with this child, that after three or four explanations, because I told you is a valid answer. (laughs) I just just want to go with that.
0: All
1: right, so... I'm not done. Uh, I'm right. not done. <laughs> I shouldn't have given him the mic. <laughs> but, but again, some things you know, aren't right or wrong, but it's just if you change things, explain it to your kids. That brings them along with you, helps them to, uh, to understand where your mind's at and what you're thinking. Sorry.
0: So part, part of that is, um, uh, so, so what is it, specifically kind of getting into the, the nitty-gritty, what does it look like to teach your children? Like What are some of the pragmatic, practical um, ways in which, uh, you guys used as teachable moments or ways to to teach us in the way that we should go?
1: Well, I think one of the primary things is, is how you treat your significant other I mean, uh, they they see how you interact as a family. Again, not everybody um, not everybody has a, a situation with a spouse by their side all the time but you have other people in your life that they watch you interact with and so they see a lot of they learn rather and see a lot about your faith based on how you uh, how you treat other people especially your uh, your spouse but uh, but teaching your children quality time there's no substitute for taking time out to be with them and to do things with them I mean, we had uh lived on the south side of richmond at the time and uh, had a uh, uh the main room there we we just kind of moved everything aside and put a ping pong table in the middle of it we just enjoyed ping and so that was that was just more important than having a a house that you could have somebody over with and uh you know just looked right kind of thing uh, we had things uh, we wrestled in the floor um, now you did have to fold the ping pong table up <laughs> to wrestle we were somewhat safe um, but there was uh you know we played a lot of church volleyball when we were younger and the kids went with us uh dinner time uh, that was always a priority of, of just making sure we had uh the time together at, at dinner uh, discipline uh, if you're old enough to remember or saw on reruns the Andy griffith show barney fife nip it in the bud, just nip it in the bud. you know so
0: just uh, which uh, they got a lot of practice with my sister on not me <laughs> will she get equal time after this <laughs> is that yeah, <laughs> yeah she's yeah. after yeah ask her questions in the lobby Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But one of the fondest memories we have are
1: those little golden books, if you still have those. See, we read the inside cover and the copyrights, and then we read the back cover and the, the, the very back of the book. You know, past the story, we read the whole thing. And the goal was you had to read that last page without taking a breath. Now, I know that it sounds silly, but we remember those sorts of things. <laughs> okay, I enjoyed it. I don't know if the kids it or not. <laughs> but the the uh, the main thing is quality time creates positive memories, and it 's just important to remember if you don 't raise your kids, someone will so we we go to church together, we serve together, we live life together god 's a part of all of that
0: yeah i mean one of the, one of the you start talking into the uh, experience of of going to church uh, together, and one of the things that I remember is <laughs> It, for a couple of different reasons, but uh, is that mom was a, my Sunday school teacher, uh, which is, sometimes that can be tough when your parent is like the teacher and you're in there and you're not paying attention or doing anything. Of course, now you still uh, teach Sunday school, but my mom taught herself drums, and so she's a part of that. Like, my parents are really, yeah, really involved with their, their church still, so that wasn't just a thing that we did as a family, but it's something that they modeled and brought us along with. And one of the phrase that you used to use that is etched in my memory in Sunday school was, it's not a game. And so I think a lot of that was probably directed at me, but... Yeah.
2: Well, it, you know, it, it really is true. Loving the Lord your God with all of your heart isn't a game not being consistent in our actions and not being consistent in what we teach our children isn't a game it's hard work and you know we might fool those around us we might fool ourselves um, but God really does look at the heart
0: and it it wasn't it wasn't just you and dad either that tried to model that for us you also were intentional about the type of relationships we were in with other people that that kind of surrounded us and that was one of the reasons why it was so important to be involved in the body life of the church
2: most definitely you know God designed the church for a reason you know it's not not only for coming together to worship him as one body but it's also to help each other through this life Um, it it wasn't just us and our faith raising our children um, it was it was the church body helping us to do that. We had uh, several individuals that that helped us do that that took extra time. Um, we had a friend named Dottie that um, would come and pick up Sarah and and take her places and do extra things with her. Dottie was a divorced lady. Uh, her children had left home, so she was by herself. Um, you know, there's there's opportunity no matter no matter what your situation is to be involved in a child's life and to make a difference. Uh, there was Scott who became Uncle Scott. He he was, you know, just a young uh, single man within the body there that took extra time with Robert and Sarah. We had Mr. Honey and and uh, Miss Betty who who would take them on the weekends. And That's my
0: goal in life is to get the nickname Mr. Honey. Yeah.
2: I don't, know. I don't
0: know if it'll fly. Can we start that? No, yeah. I'm, just, I'm just kidding.
2: Well, that, that was that was his nick, became his nickname because uh, Sarah heard his wife call him Honey all the time when they were there on the weekends, and so she was very young, maybe three, um, and so she picked up Mr. Honey, and so he's been Mr. Honey all these years. But it, it made such a difference to to help us raise the children, our children, in the Lord because that's that's by God's design it takes it takes that
0: right and and so so much of that is it's more than just uh, you know the burden of raising your children is not just on your shoulders I mean, we're stewards and caretakers of what God has given us. And so part of being a part of the church body is recognizing, like, we don't have to do it on our own. No one stands alone, right? That's our no perfect people out. No one stands alone. That's, that's part of who we want to be as a, as a core for that. And that was modeled in how you guys had other people interact with us. And the thing that, that really gets me is that not only were those things significant, um, where, you know, we kind of got the benefit of that as a family, but also in the way that you guys did that for other people. And by extension, how Sarah and I really became an extension of the ministry that you guys were doing at the church. And, and so, so much of teaching your children is living out your faith with your kids inviting themselves. It's not like we had family meetings around the dinner table before we went over to a family's house to help them out and said, all right, so your task is to, you know, my sister was the hospitable one, or you know, Rob, you're the, you know, competitive one, you know, or whatever, whatever it may be. It was, it was an extension of how they were raising us that when we were with uh, families of other people, they were helping a, a family out and we were with their kids. It was how we were raised Impacted and help them help help them out uh, be, because of that. Um, our talents and our gifts is that different parts of the body happen at all ages. Uh, and we learn by doing those things. And so when Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 7 says, Impress them on your children, that word impress uh, means to not, hey, I'm gonna be such a great example that you're gonna want to be like me. It's it's sharpening. The word means to sharpen. It means to duplicate. It means to repeat. And so part of that is saying, hey, come alongside with us and experience this. Let's, let's do this together. Um, I, I want to ask you this. Uh, when did you feel the most pressure as, as Christian parents? Because it, I mean, it's not easy.
2: No, it, it's not easy. Quite honestly, from the time your child is born, you're letting go. At birth, the mother... You know, it's no longer providing that nourishment autom- automatically. Uh, as soon as the child's born, it's got to learn to eat on, on their own. And, and from there, you teach and you build and you mold. All the while, you're letting go little by little. Before your children leave the nest, they're going to start making decisions on, on their own. And they need the tools to make those decisions. <clears throat> They need to be training to make the right decisions all along. I'm reminded of a time when when Sarah went to a new friend's house, and um, we didn't know them very well yet, but uh, she came across a situation where the parents put on a movie, and the movie was rated above where our household allowed. So Sarah had a decision to make. You know, am I going to watch this movie or am I going to do something about it? And so, you know, she had to make, she made the decision to address that situation with her, not only her peer, her friend, but the parents as well. And, um, you know, it just, they're going to make the decision. You know, it's going to be one way or the other. So providing them the tools just is a matter of consistency in your teaching.
1: It was also time with you uh, and uh, Boy Scouts. We had some friends that uh, were into scouting and so we uh, went to some initial meetings and things and everything was working well. And then uh, they made a decision to hold the scout meetings on Wednesday nights. And while there's nothing sacred about Wednesday nights, the particular church we were at at that time uh, got together on Wednesday nights. So that was our practice also. and so. You know, we decided that that was more important than scouts. And so that's uh, just where the rubber hits the road sometimes. It's um, uh, you have to make decisions that are consistent with your, your values. And, and so uh, in being consistent, uh, we have to realize that, you know, God values his church, uh, the church that his son died for, and, and we should also. Uh, this isn't about locking down your kids. It's about raising them, teaching them, and giving them the tools and the knowledge to make godly decisions. We all love our, our, ch- our children, our kids. We, we pray for them. We pray for what's going on in their lives, no matter their age. We pray for their future. Our love for our children and the prayers we lift up to God for them
0: never ends. Thank you, guys. Appreciate, appreciate you coming up and sharing. Listen, th- this is not about uh, you deciding whether or not your child can be involved in an extracurricular activity or what their threshold of, of moving watching should be. The issue is, is the foundational principle that's guiding your interaction with children, whatever that looks like, I- is, it, is it to help them be the best disciple of Jesus that he or she can be. Because that, that's something that we're all working toward. You know, we've got people that are teaching right now in Velocity Kids. It's not because they're kids in the room and they have to be there. It's because they share that same goal and that same mission of helping people find Jesus and love God. And, and it starts as soon as that kid is born. It starts with how we interact with each other and, and help uh, each other. One of the things that makes all of this so difficult is that it's not ordinary to live this way. I mean, our, you think about how our culture, our socioeconomic structure is set up. It's, it's not to produce fully devoted followers of Jesus. It's to produce productive consumers. <laughs> I mean, that's how our society is structured. And so w- when we get caught up in raising our kids the way everybody else is, around us and not necessarily based on how God has structured things, it can, it can you know take us a little bit off course. It can be difficult to make the right parenting decisions in the midst of so many different op- options and so many different opinions that people have and so many approaches that people have for raising their kids. But if we focus on passing along what God wants our children to have impressed upon them rather than what every other thing vying for their attention is trying to get from them. We set up a foundation from which they can choose something that will actually fulfill their life, an even greater love than the love that we have for them. Look, I, I fully recognize and understand that we have people in so many different stages of life that are here in this room right now. Some of you are just starting off having kids. Some of you are talking about the possibility of having kids. Some of you are in the midst of raising kids, some of you they've left the building and i know that all along the way the pressures of parenting we can we can beat ourselves up as parents and think man i if only i had done this different or maybe oh uh, this thing that i just heard this morning is something that uh, man i wish i had known that 25 years ago whatever the case may be here's the thing when it comes to how we live out our relationship with god and how it impacts our children it's it's never too late to put these same principles in process. And and part of this idea of letting go is understanding that the person that we're letting them go to is their creator and, and is their Lord and Savior. And He is so much bigger than any other circumstance or scenario or situation that you may find yourself in and not the ideal family. And he can still use you and your impact, whether you've ever had kids or ever planned to or not, and how you interact with his body and his church. I still feel the impact of people in my church and how they treated me. And some of those are really good and some of them are really bad. <laughs> So we talked about some of the, we were talking about this, and we, we didn't talk about all that. The real juicy stuff, if you want to know more about that, that costs a little bit extra. And so you can see my parents in the lobby if you want to see the real embarrassing, uh, embarrassing stuff and, um, and that kind of thing. But here, here's, here's the idea. Look, we're, we're not trying to impress each other with how great our kids are. Um, we're trying to impress God on them. We're trying to impress them by showing them Jesus in their life. And we don't want our kids to be ordinary. We don't want them to fit in. We want them to stick out in the right ways. Because people who have experienced God's love stick out in life. This is what we want to pass on. And look, there's no guarantees in life. Proverbs 22, 6 is a principle, not a promise. Train up a child in the way that should go, and when he's old, he won't depart from it. It's not a promise. It's not a guarantee, but it's a principle. There are tough child-rearing scenarios that can seem insurmountable, and there are times that our kids don't, choose what we would want for them however God is still faithful and Jesus is still a risen Savior and there's always that that opportunity and that ability and opportunity for us to have faith and trust that when we let God when we let our children go into God's hands that will give them the best opportunity to choose him because that's all we want for our kids Ordinarily, we take the path of least, least resistance in life, if we're honest. But God doesn't call us to be ordinary. So here's, here's the thing. I want to give you a couple, uh, couple tools. As a parent, as a grandparent, aunt and uncle, or friend of the family, there are two things that I want to, to share with you. One is a parent queue. We've talked about this before. It's an app that you can download on your phone. Uh, there's a website that you can check out and go and find out more information about it. But One of the interesting things that it does is when you put your child's birthday and their name in it, it tells you how many more days you have with them. So some of you are like, oh man, that's great, <laughs> counting down. No, I'm just kidding. I know none of you, none of you are like that. But what it does is it lets you know here, hey, here's how much, here's how many days you have left, and it gives you, uh, it gives you a lesson, a video lesson that you can watch with your child. It gives you a Bible verse, it gives you a truth that you can remind them of, something that you can engage in as a family. I don't know how much of this you do on your own with your family, but it gives you an opportunity to kind of share those things uh, together and and knock a microphone off the table. Sorry about that, Chip. Um, and, and it gives you an opportunity to be training them up. Uh, so you don't have to do that on your own. The, the other thing, too, as a, as a parent is that on uh, version, some of you use that every time you come at Velocity. It's an app that you can download on your phone. It's a Bible. It's got reading plans. There's a reading plan called 12 Huge Mistakes Parents Can Avoid. Uh, and so it's, it's a 12-day reading plan that you can go through. It's got some video teaching that's, that's a part of that. And it will go through and tell you some things, not that, you know, oh, this is brand new, I'd never heard of this. But it will remind you of some truths that are significant as you're raising with and as you're interacting with children um, through, uh, throughout your life. Here's what I want to do. Uh, we're going to uh, take communion together here in just a second. Before we do that, I'm going to pray uh, for us. And, and here's, here's what I'm going to uh, pray for. Is that the way that we live our lives are, are not a hindrance to children coming to Jesus. But, but, but that it's the path that they can see to accelerate their faith journey toward him. It's one of the interactions Jesus had with his disciples. He said, "Oh, these kids are trying to get close to you," and he's like, "No, man, this is exactly this is this is exactly who I want to come to me." And in fact, if you if you don't live out your faith more like them and trust, then then you're not going to see the kingdom that he wants for all of us. And so, whether you're a parent, whether whether you're not, wherever you are in your life, whatever experience you've had from your parents, uh, let's pray that we can be the people that are helping everyone find Jesus and love God. Let's pray. God, um, some of these principles from your word are things that we've heard for the first time this, this morning. Some of these are things that we needed to be reminded of and we're grateful for. Some of these are things that we regret. And God, I, I ask that through your Holy Spirit, you give us the peace and the wisdom to know what to do with that right now in our life. Cause there are probably some things that we are still holding on to when it comes to our kids that we have not given over to you. And so whether or not that's a, a an issue or thing that's in, involved with our kids' life that we, we know that we're we're holding them back from and we need to experience and, and show more faith and trust in you and how they're raised and, and the principles that you've given us. God, we ask for strength to do that. If it's looking back on something that we wish that we had done differently. God, we, we ask that you give us the strength uh, to have whatever the conversation that we need to have with, with our child or with that person that, that we've influenced. There's never, there's never a time that is too late for your love and your grace and mercy to be effective. And God, we ask for the strength to live that out and to experience that and share that with others. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.